Baseball money is fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Welcome to Baseball Money is Fake, a fantasy baseball podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Back again, third time this week. We missed you guys just as much as you missed us. And as always, I am Blake Meyer, joined by my co-host, Ryan Gilbert. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good here. It's a, it's a quick moving week here, third episode already, Thursday night here. It's been a little bit dreary here in Philadelphia, a little uh, cloudy, rainy, no uh, no snow yet this winter so far. But I'm I'm excited for the show to kind of just get back to the basics here and just rank some, rank some positions here, rank some basic fantasy baseball uh, activity. Cloudy and rainy sounds like the story of my life out here in Washington. <laughs> it's like 80% of every day. But yeah, here we are. First base rankings. I know we've done some, it's kind of some, I don't know what kind of rankings you want to call them before. We kind of just threw together our top tens real quick and then just like compare them. Just first we, round rankings, really. Like a, yeah. like a first round, yeah. And we, we did a little more uh, in-depth ranking this time around. Uh, as I've mentioned before, I am part of the fantasy pros ranking committee so i do have all of my positional rankings out right now i'm going to use my rankings from that which ryan can't actually see and we're going to compare both of our rankings and see uh, who we like who we don't like who we're higher on found out right before i clicked record that i'm way higher on a third baseman than he ever imagined which is fucking awesome Excuse my language that's early on in the episode. This is a nighttime episode, so you know, it, 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 shit happens. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I don't know where to go from there. All right, well, before, I mean, before we get into it here, we got to make sure we, we plug our uh, Twitters, all our socials here, Ooh. at Fake Baseball on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Make sure you are subscribed to the Baseball Money is Fake podcast. If you're listening on the uh, SGPN feed, that's, that's all well and good. Just give us a, a follow on the Baseball Money is Fake feed as well, and a uh, five-star rating and review if you can, especially there on Spotify. It's just a quick uh, five-star click there, or on Apple as well has, has that same option. It helps the uh, podcast grow, and, and we're only going to get bigger and better here as we uh inch towards baseball season it's almost february almost pitchers and catchers and uh spring training is going to be here before we know it i cannot wait uh, and you can also come check us out in the discord at sg.pn slash discord just type that right in your browser and it'll pull our discord up on your phone or your computer whatever you're on your tablet i guess i, I think there's discords on tablets i haven't had a tablet probably forever but yeah it pulls it right up there just join we got three thousand people in there talking about all the random sports you could ever want to talk about baseball's ramping up we got a few people in the the baseball discord doing a little talking so yeah uh come check us out everywhere especially on twitter we have the coolest app on twitter so can't believe we got that and we also have merch yeah the, the merch is great and yeah make sure you check out the twitter blake's been putting out some uh fire content there some clips and stuff we're gonna get some uh graphics going as well so make sure you follow us on twitter 
Yeah, and, and the Discord, sg.pn slash Discord, getting the uh, MLB channel, and the uh, the hockey channel is pretty good, too, if you're a, a hockey fan or just someone looking for some uh, DGen betting action. Okay, so do we got two options here. Do we want to just jump right into our rankings, or do we want to and then run the ad in a little bit, or do we want to run the ad and then just a little inside baseball money is fake talk for Let's, you guys? Let's uh, let's just just talk some generic first base strategy this season, like what we're seeing out of the first base position here, to kind of little little preview of, of the rankings here. What I found because we were texting before the show, I was like, wow, for, there's so many first basemen that are just close, especially once you get there's like a top top five or so that are all in the top 20, top 25 overall. There's like a middle bunch, and then once you get to like the 10th, 11th, 12th. From there down to like the mid to late teens are like all interchangeable. You can make you can make an argument for basically ten different first basemen to be the thirteenth or fourteenth best overall, and that's just shows that's when when putting first basemen or positions in tiers is important. You gotta be like, okay, I want one of these guys. If I miss out on them, I can wait for this group. I think that's going to be big here in uh, first base in 2023. Yeah, and admittedly, I haven't done tiers for my first base yet. I need to because it makes life a little easier and it's kind of a little easier for the readers and stuff to see the tiers as well to kind of get more of a feel on what we think of people. But like I told you before we started, like my one through 11, I'm pretty locked in on. But then after that, like 12 through like 17, you could put those in any order and I would tell you you're right. There's no real like differentiator for a lot of them and it stuff it's some it gets really hard to rank things like that when they are all so close like spoiler alert for me like chris bryant cj crow and christian walker uh, that's my that's 13 14 16 for me uh, that's my 15 14 16 so like, yeah it, and I, get, I i i moved i think i had bryant up in my top 12 for a little bit then i moved him back down because the injury like it's they're they're Completely interchangeable. Yeah, they're all so similar. They all have arguably very similar upside with pretty much the exact same floor. Like, at worst, they're probably all going to hit 20 home runs. And at best, they're probably all going to hit 30 home runs. And they're going to hit, like, 250. It, it And all three are going to be the same thing. So it's just, I don't know. It, it gets difficult outside of the top mm-hmm. 11 for me but we're gonna do our top 12s i believe right yeah top 12 it, it's basically a 12 team league top 12 first baseman and then we'll probably i mean you already said who's your just missed the cut we'll talk about those guys and <laughs> i mean you said you haven't made your ranking yet or you're you haven't put them into tiers yet but like i don't have mine specifically in tiers but they kind of make themselves when you look at them I mean, you just you just mentioned how those guys are all interchangeable that's clearly one tier there's probably a little a tier of a few guys above that and then probably top guys and then secondary guys third got third tertiary guys and then just like the the rest of like who are going to have basically those those crones and and brian and christian walker and, and brandon drury and uh rowdy telez and those guys down there that you know you're not going to target to be your first baseman unless you feel very strongly about those people but if you end up missing out on the top guys and you get one of those late, later guys or get one of the later guys as a uh, utility you're, you're fine with that yeah, I I think first base in general overall, it's a very deep position because, like I said, like I have all those just missed the cut guys that I mentioned. I would roster any of those. Like I would be oh. okay 
okay with having any of those on my team. Just because they're outside of my top 12 doesn't mean that I'm like, oh, ooh, don't want those. So, yeah, I might, I'm not going to lie, I might make tiers while we record this. <laughs> I have my uh, Fantasy Pros rankings up right now to adjust some stuff. So I might just add tiers in as we go, like as we talk through this. Yeah, we're just doing top 12 now. That's what we're doing for our first run through for catcher first and every position. But once we get closer to this season, I think we'll probably, there'll be less conversation about, okay, who do we have higher, Pete Alonzo or Paul Goldschmidt? It doesn't really matter. They're both going to be available <laughs> in, in the same. But that's what we're going to talk about like today. Like, like oh, I have him three, you have him four. Like, why do that? But closer to this season, we'll like probably just go with the tiers and brush over some of those guys and probably go first base. We can probably go 20 or 25 deep. There's probably 25 even scrolling down here, like Brandon yeah. Drury is a 30th first baseman on Fantasy Pros. You can easily roster him due to his versatility. Yeah. But uh, yeah. All right. Let's uh, get into it here. Uh, WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states, and there are tons of ways to win, including live betting and same-game parlays. The NFL playoffs are here. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 in free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offer subject to change, terms and conditions at winbet.com. Let's see 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough and is available. If you or somebody who has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Okay, so just before we jump into the first baseman, I just saw – we're not gonna we're not gonna dive down this rabbit hole, but I just saw MLB Network's top ten shortstops. Oh Sand, yeah, Sander Bogats is third, and it hurts my soul because that's so absolutely incorrect. I'm not gonna go there, but also that's blasphemy. That is not. You know what? That the, whoever created those lists, they did their job perfectly because you are you are discussing them and you are saying how horrible they are. Those those lists are horrible. Touché. They're not gonna yeah. be right. It, they just want people to t- quote you like, oh, how's it like this? Because then everyone else sees it and, and everyone sees the, the debate or, or whatever it is. It happens all the time with NHL Network and their their rankings they put out in like August. There's no hockey talk going on. They put out these <laughs> awful rankings and people start talking about it. So I, I understand what they're going for. And like it's fun to see those things. But sometimes I, you just got to gotta let, let it be what it is. You're right. You're right. And on that note, I want to know who you got first overall i want to see I mean, if it's the same person i got it has to be vlad right oh i don't have vlad you don't how do you not have vlad first no. i got the reigning nl mvp oh you got goldsmith first. i went goldie okay i i have goldie down a bit more but um talk me through vlad talk me what vlad no. i think two years ago he, he really really showed out he, he came came on Onto the scene, he uh, what did he have? 48 home runs, 111 RBIs. He was in the conversation for the first first overall pick. He hit 311 OPS over one. Took a step back last year. I think you know sophomore or not sophomore slump, but because that was his third or fourth full season. But still young. He still has all the power in the world. He's still trying to get better, trying to slim down. Last year was a quote-unquote down year for him. He hit 274, 32 home runs, 97 RBIs, 90 runs. It's still a good lineup even without Teoscar Hernandez there. They got Bichette. They have um, Varsho now. They have Kevin Biggio. I can hopefully be good. They have 
uh, Kirk. They have someone else I'm forgetting about. And I just think he's he's shown he can hit 48 home runs and 111 RBIs two years ago. He's 20. He's going to be 24 years old. There's he can easily find that again. Yeah, and like a lot of his sabermetric stats still look nice as well. Like 79th percentile on barrel rate, 94th percentile on hard hit, 99th in max exit below, 96th in average exit below. So he still makes really, really good contact with the ball. Some of those numbers are down significantly still, though, from 2021. Like his barrel rate in 2021 was 15.1%, and it was 11. 11- two percent in 2022 11 point two is still excellent like you know we love a good barrel rate but dropping from 15 to 11 is fairly significant average exit velo dropped from 95 miles an hour to 92.8 miles per hour so i don't know what was going on there maybe it was just a little hiccup it's weird to say that he had like a little hiccup of a season and he still hit 32 home runs exactly. and the big the big boy stole eight bases but yeah so i'm, I'm curious to see what vlad we get next year i'm hoping it's the Vlad from two years ago because i love anybody that can float with 50 home runs yeah but i i have a hard time putting in anybody over goldie so he just had such a dominant year you would take goldschmidt in the first round yep yes i would okay i mean why why do you have him first um that's it he does a lot of things get rid of this fan grass ad again get your money but those little video ads that pop up kill me um, I mean, he had I can't even say that it was a resurgence of a season last year, because in 2021, he hit 31 home runs and drove in 99 while hitting 294. And then in 2022, he hits 317 with 41 doubles and 35 home runs, scores over 100 runs, drives in 115. He does everything like 12 percent walk rate, only a 21 percent K rate, 578 slugging percentage. Like he was just an absolute monster. Eight. It was a 981 OPS for the entire year. He's good in category leagues. He contributes in every single one of them. He's good in points leagues with the low strikeouts, high walk rate, and the big power numbers. Good in rotisserie leagues because, again, contributes in every category. And especially, like, we just did that best ball draft the other day. He is very geared towards being best ball dominant as well with a lot of the extra base hits and all that kind of stuff, so... I'm not sure that he has the 50 home run ceiling, but he's going to hit 300. He's going to drive in 100 and score 100. And there's not many first basemen you could say that are going to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, he he has a very small range of outcomes as long as he stays himself. He's going to hit between 30 and 35 home runs. He's going to hit between 280 and 300. He's going to get close to 100 runs, 100 RBIs. But I, I just like the ceiling of Vlad, I think, is a lot higher. And... As we were just talking about, his he had a bad year, had a quote-unquote bad, bad year last year or a hiccup last year, and he still hit 32 home runs, 97 RBI. So if he can take one step forward, he can hit that 35 home run threshold that Goldschmidt kind of tops out at. And I, I feel like Goldschmidt had – he his career high is 36 home runs, did that twice. But it's kind of similar to what you said about Real Muto, about why you didn't like him as your top catcher. Is you, is you didn't think Real Muto would be able to – kind of replicate that season and I, that's kind of what i'm thinking here with goldschmidt that he maybe he can and if he does great but i still don't think that's a first round talent if if you want a first round guy you know it's going to be solid then sure but i think there's there's guys out there that can uh have a higher ceiling with with a similar floor 
Touche. I just, I just that's a good point with the the Rian Muto point, but uh, I mean Rian Muto went a few years not doing that and then did it again after. I mean he had a good mm-hmm. twenty eighteen and nineteen and then kind of down for a couple years and then kind of popped up again. And Vladdy's just been or not Vladdy Goldie has just been kind of <laughs> consistent. Like every year he just does about that thirty to thirty five home runs. He's gonna hit. 300 he's going to have an on-base percentage almost 400 i mean you i don't think you can go wrong with either one but i just i like the lineup that goldie is in more and i think it leans more towards him at least replicating that year he had last year like guaranteed replication yeah no uh, that makes sense uh who who you got it to i got vladdy at two you got vladdy at two all right (laughs) I have someone or two here, but now looking up their numbers, I'm like, do I do I really want them want them to? But it's I think it's the consensus to to second first baseman here. I, I'm Freddie Freeman. I have second, but like looking at his numbers, he, he's another Goldschmidt type. He just puts up numbers across the board. 117 runs last year, 199 hits, 47 doubles. That's in, that, that explains why he only had 21 home runs last year because he had fucking 47 doubles there. <laughs> but Freeman's just another one of these guys who I think like Goldschmidt. I think if you go with Freeman, you go with Goldschmidt. I think they're both great, very consistent hitters, both both in good lineups. And uh, Freeman, I think, has a little bonus because he's not going to have a shift. And he's, the lefties should get little bit more of a bump there than than righties i, I would think because that's how the shifts were typically worked so i think freeman's just there right there with goldschmidt just a, a really solid option there in in the late first round early second round for me yeah and freeman was actually you know my big points league guy mm-hmm. uh in like espn standard scoring last year freeman was the number one first baseman like he scored 525 points goldie was second with 490 your Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was all the way down at 443. Oh, jeez, embarrassing. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Freeman Freeman was really damn good. And if I look real quick, I think he, he was. Hit, uh, he hit 325. That's that's which is crazy. Yeah, their lineup arguably got a little worse with I mean, yeah. both the Turners leaving. So I don't know how that's going to affect his counting stats, but. I mean, he's still the man and every, he's one of those players too. Everybody loves Freddie Freeman. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. we're ever going to hear anybody say like, man, I don't like that dude. He yeah, hit three, fi- three fifty two off fastballs last year. I'm, I'm happy he's off the brave. So as a Phillies fan, I, I can, I can enjoy him. <laughs> you finally get to. Yeah. Speaking of somebody leaving a team, not to go on a little tangent, but uh, the A's traded Cole Irvin today. Yeah. And, Mariners fans rejoice. That was the greatest thing in the world because he had like I'm trying to remember what it was. He had like a start. I think it was last year, or the year before, where he talked about how easy it was to pitch against the Mariners or something like that, or how he always looked forward <laughs> to it. And then they absolutely destroyed him every single game that we faced him <laughs> last year. Like just giving up like seven, eight runs a game. And so it has been all over the Mariners universe today. <laughs> How excited everybody is! I think I remember that. Yeah, the uh, the former Philly great Cole Irvin. I think in, in like his first <laughs> career start, he had like an, an amazing start, and he hasn't had a good start. I mean, he's been he's he's fine, but yeah, yeah his first, first career okay. start was uh seven innings, one one run, five hits, back in uh, 2019. Okay, and so you had Freeman. I have two. Vlad Freeman, if I want to. Okay, Freeman, I have four. 
Freeman, you have four. Do we have Which, the same? Do we have the same three then? I think we had the same three. Is it somebody that we think is going to win MVP this year? It is, and it's someone who's not. You don't think it was a first baseman? No, nope, I think it was a third baseman, but he's first base yeah. eligible, so he's up in the rankings. His name is Austin Riley. Austin Riley, yeah. We yeah, were, we had. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I'd say we had an episode a little while ago where we uh we did a little deep dive on Austin Riley, uh, somebody that. I think it's going to win NL MVP this year. Just Mr. Consistent. He's so good. He's consistent, but consistently getting better every year at the same time. Average dropped a little bit to 273 last year, but he hit 38 bombs, 39 doubles, scored 90, drove in 93. Uh, the dude rakes, and he's so young, and that lineup he's in is so good, and it lends to him having just more and more and more counting stats every year. They hit a 15.7% barrel rate for the entire season. A 50.8% hard hit rate. It's absurd. His expected slugging was 531. Nobody's expected slugging should be that high. Like it's, he's so good. He's so young. And I like these these young guys that can that have already shown that they can progress year over year and just routinely get better and better and better. And, I mean, he's probably going to hit, what, fourth in that lineup, I think, this year? With uh, all, he's, he'll Fangraphs, have Albies ahead of him. Fangraphs has him third behind Acuna, Harris, then him, then Olsen. See, there, that's that's nuts. <laughs> he's always going to have somebody on base when he comes up to bat. When he gets on base, he always has somebody up to bat behind him that can score him with any contact. And I think he was one, didn't he? Isn't he going to benefit from the shift this coming year, too? He shifted uh, 41% of the time. His Woba with no shift was 392. It was 349 with the shift. So he'll see a little, little bit of a benefit from the no shift. He he might... Uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Of all my first basemen that I see here that we have ranked, he might have the highest upside for me for this next season, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it was when we were talking about how Correa going to the Mets, which he un- didn't end up doing, affected the uh, – he was going to play third base, how it affected the shortstop and third base rankings. We, we realized right. Austin Riley is like someone to watch out for. And while you were talking there, I was looking up some uh, – to see if MVP odds were out, and they are on multiple books. Apparently, it's not, it's not too uh, – he has the eighth best odds on one book, okay. ninth best odds on another uh, between between plus fifteen hundred and plus two thousand, so twenty to one. But definitely not not a bad stab there, because I, I I agree right there with you. He, he's third overall for me, and given how how uh, shallow third base is this year, uh, I wouldn't hate taking him as if he was there with Freeman and, and Vlad at like pick twelve or, or at like pick twelve or wraparound. He that might be an option for me because third base once once we get to those rankings fully I mean we were talking about before the show there's only six or seven really ones you can count on and then it kind of gets dicey so yeah that only makes me makes him more valuable in my mind along with I mean everything you said I I, I have nothing to add you you you, you <laughs> laid it out perfectly there and I mean we are the sports game on the sports gambling podcast network so I personally as the baseball editor would advise everybody to put money on Austin Riley to win NL MVP at 20 to one. I think that is a solid bet. I mean, I, I have speaking of awesome bets that are looking really good right now. 
like a couple months ago, I put money on the Kraken to win the Pacific. Yeah. I got, oh man, at one, one of my bets is like plus uh, 6,000, I think. 60 to one there. Yeah. Yeah, I I think it was like 75 to one at one point, which is, I think Joel may have had that, your your, your cousin, Joel Mai. Yeah. Long lost cousin from <laughs> from a different family. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I love that bet, Austin Riley. We're doing our our first base rankings, but yeah, he he puts up numbers. He's gonna put up even better numbers this coming year. And where you're always big on the dual position eligibility, he has that first base, third base. He doesn't actually play first base, so him being on the first base rankings is a little uh, a little <laughs> finicky, but. He he gets the eligibility for fantasy purposes, so we're going to rank him here. And it just so happens that he also plays the weakest position, arguably, in fantasy baseball, third base as well. So, yeah, he's a, our third. My fourth is Freddie Freeman. Who do you have at four? Um, my four is Goldsmith, so another guy we, oh, already, we already talked about. And then uh, do we both – we have to have the same fifth, right? Does he hit a lot of home runs? He has a lot of home runs. He's uh, the polar bear, they call him. Oh, yeah. P. Yeah. Pete Alonso there is is there is there we both have him fifth apparently uh, yeah he was in this yacht in my Yahoo League last year he was the third best first baseman seventh overall forty home runs one hundred thirty one RBIs that's insane hit two seventy one yeah it should be a I mean the Mets got their offense pretty much stayed the same but I mean they were they were one of the best offenses last year I think top five in runs despite having like a bottom of the order that kind of sucks but. They still have Nemo, Marte, Lindor in front of them. Jeff McNeil's not really the greatest um, protector behind him, or whatever you call him, the, whatever behind him there. So maybe he'll get pitched around a little bit, but he's still the polar bear. I think this is pretty much we were talking about making tiers. Like this is the end of like the top five, are like their own tier. If you yeah. if you want to get a top first base, when you, you get one of these five guys, and like we have them ranked a little bit differently, but they could. Put him in any order here, and not, you couldn't. I wouldn't really argue it, argue it too much. Is our top? Is it identical? Our top five? I mean, different like rankings, but it's the yeah. same players, right? It's you have Goldie same, in your same top five. five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've gold, I've Goldie four. Yeah, and Alonso's kind of the same reasoning for me as uh, Austin Riley. Like, I mean, he's a little older. He's twenty eight, but he's only in his. He's about to be in his fifth major league season. Granted, he came out hot with the 53 home runs in the rookie year, so it's really hard to top that. But 37 home runs, 94 RBIs in 2021, 40 home runs, and 131 in 2022. The batting average jumped almost 10 points. He makes insane contact. His barrel rate was 12.3%. He had a 44.8 hard hit rate. He's killing it. He kills the ball all the time. He had damn near... Oh, never mind. His, oh, his average exit velo went down. Oh, no. 89.8 miles per hour. I, I was looking at the wrong number at first. I was like, hey, you almost had a career high. But no, that's the MLB average. But uh, yeah, no, he but he makes excellent contact. His launch angle this last year jumped way up to 18 percent or 18 degrees. So I want to see how that translates next year. That obviously resulted in that boost in his power. I'd love to see him be able to do that again, but. Yeah, he's trending up. All the power numbers are looking up. That lineup is stacked, so he's always going to have people in front of him on base when he's up. So that as ridiculous as that 131 RBIs is, you could tell me he has 131 again in 2023, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, he 
he was just insane last year. And looking at the uh, the Fangraph steamer projections all the way to the right, if you sort it by uh, offense, there it's it's consistent with our top five. They got Vlad, Freeman, Alonzo, Goldschmidt, and then um, Riley. I looked up has just behind Goldschmidt there. So yeah, it's uh, I feel like everyone's gonna have th- these as their top five. I, I don't think anyone yeah. really below them can step it up. And then I guess it's more of like a top. Th- figuring out your top three and then your your next two because the, like the ADPs are, are Vlad 11, Freeman 13, Riley 19, Goldschmidt 27, Alonzo 20. So no, they're all within four of them are within nine picks and then Goldschmidt's 27 who should be higher based off how last season went. Yeah, and then I think that is where I would end the tier, one through five. Uh, excuse mm-hmm. me while I do that real quick. Uh <laughs> And then, I think five. That, then I think at a six here is a guy who might kind of be on an island by himself in this this place where I'd maybe take him in the in the fourth or fifth round before it gets to the guys below him. Uh, maybe maybe I'm higher higher enough on the guys below him that I would take him in similar rounds. But uh, my sixth overall is sticking with the Atlanta Braves. Matt Olson, I think um, he had. I think he had a bit of a down year, down year last year, his first year in um, Atlanta there. I'm trying to pull up his numbers unsuccessfully. Still, uh, still thir- good, though. 34 home runs, 103 RBIs. 240, his, his average, though, he's, he's always had a low average, right? Hit, hit, uh, 240. He's yeah, just career no- 250 hitter. Yeah, just another c- c- consistent guy. Great lineup there, as we talked about with, um, with Riley. He's going to be hitting... I think I said behind Riley there in the four hole. So he'll have plenty of opportunities to hit in some uh, runners on base in front of him. They have a good enough five, six, seven hitters, whether it's Sean Murphy, Albies, Rosario, Ozuna, Von Grissom, whoever, whoever it may be behind him to uh, get some pitches to hit. And I think he's a guy that could easily, when we're talking next season, a year from now, be in that top five conversation. So, I think if you want to get a good first baseman and you miss out on like those top five in the first two rounds, wait a little bit and if you if you fill out fill out one of the more like shallower positions other shortstop no, shortstop deep second base or third base in the first two rounds and maybe take Olsen here as another solid guy you know what you're going to get if he stays healthy 30 35 home runs hurt, hurt your average a little bit but in that lineup he should be able to put up some numbers yeah and kind of like Freeman big doubles guy he had 44 last year 35 the year before that He's he seems like a guy that's going to hit the 100 run, 100 RBI plateau again or not again. Or he did in 2021. He didn't last year. He was kind of short on the runs, but it feels like with that lineup, he could easily hit that 100 and 100. But one thing I want to point out is he's going to be a guy that's going to benefit from no shift. I think Mm -hmm. shifted 81 percent of the time last year, 338 Woba with the shift, 370 Woba without the shift. Fairly big difference and i'm trying to look at some more of his little stat things here like do you have his like uh ground ball percentage there at all because i was reading something on twitter or an article that was linked on twitter about how people are saying the shift is going to impact the offense a bunch but it may not because like they said you can just line up the shortstop right behind second base on this on the shortstop side and that's still technically within the rules and enough of these guys either strike out too much or just put it in the air anyway, where the shift's not going to matter too much. But if, if he can hit the ball hard on the ground and get it through the hole, that, that matters. But if it's a, like a, a fly ball hitter anyway, then maybe we shouldn't be looking too much into the shift. 
Yeah, he's a tricky one because 39% ground ball rate, which a uh, fairly high ground is ball that rate. On the, is that on his baseball savant page here? Uh, I'm there it is. Okay, I, I found, I found it. Yeah, oh yeah, it's probably on there too. Yeah. I I know like right more right where it's at on Fangraphs, so I can scroll mm-hmm. to it quicker. But yeah, 42% fly ball rate. His line drive rate. I don't love it. It like I I know the numbers on Fangraphs and Baseball Savant are a little different for their fly ball ground ball mm-hmm. line drive rates, but like Fangraphs has them at 18.7% line drive, which I don't love. Yeah, Baseball Savant has 22. I mean, it says league average is 25. Yeah, and so that I would like to see change a little bit. But he is a guy that's always had a really high home run fly ball rate just because he makes that really hard contact. Mm-hmm. It's like 18% home run to fly ball rate last year. Like, that's nuts. That's that's something you want to see. And he only made 16% soft contact last year, which is also really good. So he makes really hard contact. You know what you're going to get. He, again, he's another one of those guys that hits in those uh, superior lineups, which are just always going to put up counting stats, which are amazing for fantasy. And yeah, he's kind of a, he was a one, two, three, four, five, six. He was the sixth best first baseman last year in points leagues in ESPN yeah. standard. So sixth best last year, steamers got him projected for having almost an identical year this year. So why not just keep him at number six? Yeah, all right, and I, I feel like this is where it's going to get uh, interesting here with with this our rankings being. Where it being, gets fun. Uh, but uh, I, I I'm I'm waiting for where you have this guy at, but I, I'm thinking you might have him seven. Uh, who do you who, who you got seven? Let's let's hear it. Jose Abreu. I want oh, we're, we're 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 sticking together here too. I, I really? Jose. Yeah, I thought I thought this was going to be a little bit controversial, <laughs> but I don't know if we just both talked each other to each other about it on this podcast. Like we're talking him up uh, how like last year was a down year because he had nothing to play for in Chicago and now he's going to a better lineup. But yeah, I think Abreu right now, his uh, ADP on NFBC was 86 when I looked at it earlier Um, in January here. It is 90. So it's just sticking around there. But I think he can be a top five first baseman. I wouldn't be surprised if he's one of the best first basemen in the league this season. He'll hit, he has potential to hit 30, 35 home runs, hundred RBIs. That's what he did his rookie year, one rookie of the year. That's what he did. I mean, he won MVP in the shortened season, but he's on pace for that. His full season average is 31 home runs, 110 RBIs hitting 292. Fantastic lineup. So yeah, uh, I imagine you, you have similar analysis. Yeah. I mean, We've kind of been harping on guys that are in these better lineups. I mean, he's going to be hitting in a lineup where he's surrounded by Jordan Alvarez, Kyle Tucker, Bregman, Altuve. Like mm-hmm. they they have to pitch to him. Like they don't get they don't get a choice. They have to pitch to him. He's again probably always going to have at least somebody on base. He's too good, and the counting stats are going to be there. Like the home runs, I'm not really worried about. What do you have? 15 home runs last year. I'm not really worried about that. Because that's like a one-off thing. His power didn't just disappear. And here we go. He has 307 with men on base last year. Just it, he's going to have a big year. It, the power will be there. It's going to translate in Houston. We have some decent pitching in the division, but then also like a lot of the Angels pitching sucks. <laughs> so he can feast on that. The the Oakland Athletic, their pitching is fucking terrible. Like. They make the Royals pitching look good for next year. So he has some advantageous matchups within the division. And so he's he's just an amazing hitter that went to a better lineup this year. That He's an 
another one. He he could finish the year better than uh, Matt Olson, and honestly, I don't want to say Pete Alonso, but like he could be up there, mm-hmm. and it wouldn't surprise me. Like, yeah, he's he, he so good. Being a better pick because you're taking him maybe four or five five rounds later. Yeah. All right. Then, um, you want to ask about say Abreu, or are we moving on to eight here? That's what I got for Abreu. I bet you we got the same eight too. Um, it's not. This is a guy I texted you about. If we're going to include him, uh, I have Kyle Schwarber at eight. I don't know if this is a bit of a. Do you have Schwarber as well? <laughs> this is turning into one hell of an episode. Oh man! Yes, I have Kyle Schwarber as well. Okay. Did you look up my specific fantasy I, pros I, ranking? I, 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 speci- I specifically did not look up your <laughs> rankings. So I, I would hopefully have have something different here, but. Yeah, I, I saw Schwarber firsthand last year in Philly. He had an amazing year. I don't see why he can't uh, replicate that again. Even better lineup. Going to have Trey Turner either hitting ahead of him first over, first if he's second or having him, him behind him. Not sure what they're going to do with the lineup yet, but last year had um, 46 home runs. Well, I'm not expecting 40 home runs again, but maybe 30, 35. RBI is close yeah. to uh closer to 100 if he's going to be having Trey Turner hitting in front of him. His average won't be there, but he uh also outfield eligible, which is which is big for him because outfield is uh one of the shallower positions this year uh unusually. So yeah, Schwarber I think here at eight, I snuck him in here. I had I had the actual first baseman ranked, and I was like, okay, I guess we're throwing in Riley Schwarber and and uh, Real Mudo. So let me let me put him in here. I, I slotted him because he's I slotted him, he could he probably should be better than Abreu. His ADP is a lot higher, but I think uh, Abreu has definitely higher potential to be a better average. I think an average is big, and then just that lineup is insane as we as we talked about. Yeah, and I think the days of Schwarber hitting, like in 2021, he hit 266. I don't think he's going to do that anymore just because he tweaked his swing last year just to become this absolute power juggernaut Mm -hmm. swing, like upped his launch angle to damn near 20 degrees. And in turn, his barrel rate went up to 20.1%. I think he was like top three in barrel rate last year in the entire league. Average exit below 93.3% miles per hour he's in the 90 what is it we'll say 94th or best percentile in walk rate barrel rate mm-hmm. expected slugging xwoba average exit velocity max of velocity and hard hit rate All right so he pretty much just said you know what fuck it i'm getting old i'm not very fast i'm just gonna tweak my swing to become this powerhouse of a swing i do my death by BABIP articles for each month during the season, and he was one that his BABIP was always really low, and I always wanted to include him on the list, but I never could just because his <laughs> hitting profile is just, he's not getting unlucky. Like, he's getting what he's getting. He's coming out there just pretty much doing the old three true outcomes. Like, it is what it is. Like, he's coming out there to either fucking strike out or, like, hit it 500 feet. Like, that's what he is, and he's pretty damn good at hitting it 500 feet. So, yeah, I I like the and the dual position eligibility. I want to throw that in there because I love that. But yeah, eighth. I love love him at eight. He's gonna probably hit 35, 40 home runs again and be fun as shit to watch. Yeah. All right. And uh, moving on to nine here. That's where I I threw Romuto in, in here at nine. He's not gonna be drafted as a first baseman unless some guy in your league wants to catch her for some reason and put him at first base. But I think this is where he fits just with his uh 
how he performed last year, his floor, his ceiling, just how he how he fits in. I, I don't want to talk about him too much because he's not a first baseman. That, that, yeah, I, I have him, I have him at ten, kind of for the same thing. I put him there just because in the fantasy pros rankings thing, I have to rank him at yeah. first base mm-hmm. because he is first base eligible. So I have him at ten, but it does also lend to how good or how thin the catcher position is because the catcher. And you said JT Romuto is the catcher. Like he should be in his own tier by himself. Mm-hmm. He is the catcher. But yeah. then we get to the first base and it's like, okay, well, he's nine or 10. And I could arguably put probably two guys ahead of him that are still below that as well. Yeah. And I would yeah. be comfortable. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Like it's, yeah. So JT, nine for you, 10 for me. I have uh, our boy Vinny Pasquantino yeah, he, at number he, nine. He's 10 for me. This is, this is not fun. We, we just have the same <laughs> rankings here. But well, uh, yeah, we're... <laughs> I had I had him a bit lower before, and I was like, okay, mate, he could end up being because uh, Fangraphs Demon Projections has him as the fifth best first baseman in terms of offense uh, behind Goldschmidt, ahead of all the people we haven't talked about yet. But yeah, I, I was looking more into into him before. So tell me tell me about him because I I know like people are hyping him up, and I've drafted him in best ball, and I have him here at the tenth best first first baseman. But like I don't think I fully understand the Vinny Pasquantino. First of all, he's a first baseman that walks more than he strikes out, which I can you name off the top of your head the last first baseman that walked more than they struck out? Um, Is it someone recent? Do you actually ha- know the answer? I, d- I don't actually know. Oh, then, then you do. Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, like he he walks more than he strikes out. He oh. makes excellent contact like his zone contract zone contact rate was ninety four point four percent. If I can spit that out, he makes ninety point four percent zone contact. The MLB average is eighty two percent. He chases less than the league average. His zone or his chase contact is 70%. MLB average is 58%. The dude just makes a ton of contact. He has power. He hit, what he hit? 10 home runs in 72 games. Don't let that fool you. Uh, overall, he played 145 games last year and he hit 28 home runs between AAA and the majors. And, oh, just checking this real quick. Uh, besides high A ball, he's walked more than he struck out at every level in the minors. And I have been seeing him on Twitter a little bit. That man has been getting some work in this offseason. I don't know if it's driveline or if it's like a driveline adjacent type of company mm. that he's been getting some work in, but he hit 295 last year. The lineup's not great, so that's why I get. We had him up so much, and I wanted to put him higher. Mm-hmm. I know Mike Curland at the Athletic; uh, he has him at his sixth best. I, I thought you may you you may have had him as as high as seven. Where I had him, <sighs> I thought that was going to be a, a good discussion there. But he could he, he can, could he could easily be seven or six, like you said, Curland. Yeah. Has like to be completely transparent, I had him at uh, eleven before we started recording, and I was going back through all my rankings, and I was like, <laughs> I. He's got to be higher. And so I bumped him to nine. I He is arguably probably my favorite first baseman for this coming fantasy baseball season mm-hmm. because you can get him at value. What's his ADP? His ADP was 95 on NFBC when I looked. Um, All right, that's, they haven't, that's the sixth, sixth first baseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I, I thought you may have him higher. And, I think he could be end up being a, being somebody who, like, come draft season, he's written about so much. Is like, okay, this is the first baseman you you don't want to leave your draft without. Like these guys to, to watch out for in like the 
in the middle rounds that he his ADP is going to shoot up and he could end up being overvalued come come draft, come like a, a week before the season. I could end up see him his ADP just skyrocketing. Yeah, he has kind of been the darling of the the first base position this offseason. I know Eric Cross is really high on him. I know the guys are at Fantasy Baseball today really high on him. Like I said, Mike Curland over at The Athletic, very high on him. We talk about him a lot on here, too. So, yeah, that is something that does make me nervous. So I might be taking my Vinny shares in my coming up drafts, like very soon, rather yeah. than my closer to the season drafts. But, yeah, he's he's a guy I haven't met. Uh, what did I say? Jesus, I switched tabs. I have met nine. Mm-hmm. And easily he could be top five this year. And I keep saying this, but, like, I wouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of shit that wouldn't surprise me at the first base position. He could be top five, and that's right where he could be, especially in points leagues. With that high walk rate and the low K rate, he only struck out 11% of the time last year. That's insane. First base strike out. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. Doesn't strike yeah. out, makes good contact, has power. He's everything. Yeah, and once again, someone that could benefit from uh, from no shift. He was shifted 93% of the time last year. His WOBA was... 362 with it and then without it was 422 but that was only 20 plate appearances so if he i mean he has a great eye obviously he, if he can make hard contact then he can possibly get that uh average up too and it sucks that only on 10 home runs because looking at your uh your favorite expected home runs by park on baseball savant he would have had <laughs> 19 in houston 16 most stadiums only eight at fenway but like it seems like uh kaufman stadium there in kc is, is one of the one of the lower ones for him yeah, especially since he only played – I'm killing it with being on the wrong team. He only played <laughs> 72 games. So, like, 10 home runs in 72 games, that's like a 22-home run pace for the year. Yeah. Which, if you can walk more than you strike out, hit 22 home runs, bat 300. The, again, the counting stats are going to suffer because he has Bobby Witt Jr. That's Melendez it. and Salvador Perez. That's true, but – those are guys that are more power oriented. And honestly, I think he's going to hit ahead of them in the line. Do you have the projected lineup for the Royals? They have I think he's going to hit ahead of them. They have Melendez, Witt, Perez, and then Vinny. Yeah, Melendez I mean, leading off. I love him even more now. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I want to know, though, who do you have? Okay, so that was my nine. My 10 was JT. Who's yeah. your 10? Is that my, Vinny? My 10's Vinny. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like the um, same list. Who's your eleven? Is it my, a homer pick? I, my my homer pick is at is a twelve. Do you have my homer pick at eleven? I do have your yeah. Reese Hoskins homer we, pick at eleven. We can go, we can go with uh, Reese Hoskins here. Let, let, let me <laughs> let me hear you sing his praises. Let me hear it. Oh, you want to hear me sing his praises? Yeah, I mean, because right, so. every, everyone in Philadelphia is like, oh, Reese Hoskins is overrated. We don't need him. Don't 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 resign him. He's gonna be a free agent. Let him go. So uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. And I think I he was on. Know he was that. on the top 10 first baseman list that we were talking about before the MLB.com first, ba- I don't, or did, did not put that out yet. That may have been a, a different list I saw. Uh, I don't know if they did first, but ba- they had to have done first base yet. Cause they were doing uh second base and shortstop today. So first base had okay. to be out. So we probably missed it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he did have a little bit of a down year in terms of some baseball savant stuff. Like his barrel rate dropped from 17% to 11%. Average exit velo dropped from 91 miles an hour to 90 miles an hour. Uh, I mean, hard hit rate dropped from 46% to 44%. But just like we talked about with some of the guys earlier on, that's like dropping from astronomical level to still very good levels. Like, 
He hits the shit out of the ball. Chase a lot, 81% chase rate. Walks a decent amount, 80th percentile in walks. It seems like he's a big power guy. It seems like a big vibes guy from the outside looking in. That freaking bat flip slam that he did in the fucking playoffs was incredible. That's memorable. Yeah, I mean, he hit 246, which is what he seems to do every single year. He is, okay, so 2018 hit 246. 2020 hit 245. 2021 hit 247. 2022 hit 246. That's just what he does. It's like when Chris Davis hit like 256 for four straight years or whatever. Same vibe from Hoskins. Yeah, like he's 30 double, 30 home run. He strikes out a lot, but the counting stats are there in that lineup, especially. I still think the Phillies have the best one through nine in baseball, and he's just going to be hitting right in the heart of it, I believe. So, yeah, he, he's at 11 for me. Yeah, I, I have him 12. Uh, he could very easily be 11 for me. Didn't want to go too homerish, but, yeah, he's about to hit third right now. Maybe not the best lineup until Harper comes back because we don't really – and we got to see what, like, Nick Castellanos does. we got to see what Alec Bowen, Bryson Stock can do. But yeah, Reese Hoskins. I think he could be one of those one of those players that, like uh, Steven Souza Jr. was saying in our, in our last episode. Make sure you go check that out. Is you know he has that pressure off of him now. He 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 played in the playoffs. He he got he knows it's it's so much more intense than the playoffs. And now he can just relax. That bat slam was absolutely huge for him in the playoffs. He was not performing well at all. He had that huge home run off of the Braves. He got that going, and no, he's gonna be relaxed now. He, he the the weight uh, he was the face of the Phillies of the Phillies that could not get over eight, uh, 500, could not take that next step, and they finally made the playoffs, made the World Series. Going into a contract year always helps. Should get some uh, relaxation pressure off. So, yeah, he's my 12th first baseman. And as we're saying about these other guys, I would not if you put him 10, I, I can't argue with that. Put him a little bit higher. I mean. If you take out Schwarber, Romuto, and Riley, he's in the top ten. So yeah, Reese Hoskins is a perfectly fine first baseman as a fallback option, which I think this this tier here between eleven ish to down to wherever really is kind of a good fallback option depending on your uh, willingness to roll the dice a little bit as you go deeper and deeper. Yeah, and with that being said, who do you have at twelve then? Well, my, my I still have to do my eleven because I have Reese's twelve. Oh, that's right. Who's your 11? I have uh, Nathaniel Lowe as my that, 11. Jesus here. Christ, that's my 12. <sighs> <laughs> These guys, it's just Nathaniel Lowe. He's uh, 2,700 miles last year. It hit 300, 851 OPS. I, I like that Rangers lineup. I know they've gotten better this offseason in the pitching department with uh, DeGrom and uh, Yavaldi and Andrahini. But... Yeah, they still have Semyon, Seager. They should be settling in. Adolis Garcia is a solid guy behind him. They have uh, low projected to hit third on fan graphs. Projected to hit 26 home runs again, 271. So, yeah, this is what we talk about as the, their first baseman floor here. Is Nathaniel Lowe is pretty much the uh, epitome of it here. He's 27 years old, should still be uh, in his prime, should still be able to take that next step forward. And uh, I wouldn't mind having him as my first baseman going into the season. Yeah, he hit 302 last year. He's got pop with the 27 home runs, sprinkled in three triples. So he's got a little speed, and they, and they stole two bases. Stole eight the year before. So with the bigger bases, maybe he could steal 10 bases. Probably not, but I'm just you know, throwing it out there. Like, it's possible. We don't know what kind of impact that's going to have. But I think my favorite Nathaniel Lowe stat that I found 
is in 2021 off breaking pitches. So he saw 551 breaking pitches. He hit 227 with four doubles and seven home runs. In 2022, he saw 692 breaking pitches. He hit 293 with four doubles and 14 home runs off of him. So I don't know what adjustment he made, but he absolutely destroys breaking pitches. Still kills the fastball. He hit 299 off fastballs, 338 off off speed. But it's it seems like he figured out what his weakness was with those breaking pitches, and he turned that into arguably his best best thing to face. So guys that can make adjustments like that year over year are big, especially when they can hit over 300 in that kind of a stacked Texas lineup that I think I don't have the park factors up, but I think uh, Globe Life is a fairly hitter friendly park, which lends to him. And yeah, I, I have him at 12 and I think it's a good spot. He could put up some big numbers. And if I were to wait on first base and grab low at 12 later on in the draft, I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. He got to be the guy you take as your first baseman or more ideally, take two of these guys that are between like 11 and 20 and then put one at first base put one at util. And then hopefully one of them uh, pans out. Okay, I, I do think this, uh, this next guy on my list at 13 will hopefully be quite a few higher than you have him. Um, Anthony Rizzo. I, I have 13. I, I, oh I, yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess we're going past our top 12 here. Cause this is, we, we, <laughs> we could do a whole episode like ranking the 10th to 20th first, first baseman here. Yeah, really good. These are, 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 are let's let, let let's go down to fifteen, I guess, because then if because Romino's not a first baseman, Schwarber's not a first baseman, and Riley's not a first baseman. We, we have yeah. some room here. I have a where do you have Rizzo before I go into this? Uh, I have Rizzo at eighteen. Okay, that, that, that's completely understandable given given all the good first basemen out there, and first baseman's even deeper just because DH universal DH now more first baseman can just take that spot, so there's more guys, but. Yeah, Rizzo back in New York. Um, going to be hitting middle of that lineup between Judge and Stanton and Clay Torres and Gene, and uh, Josh Donaldson. All those guys hit 32 home runs last year, 22 the year before. His uh, career average is 30 home runs, 94 RBIs, 265 batting average. Obviously, you, we all know Yankee Stadium is a short porch there in right field, so that <laughs> that helps him out. And and the shift, he he should also be a guy that you think benefits from the shift. You think every first baseman, left-handed power hitter should benefit. So I just like Rizzo above these other guys because he's done it multiple years before. He's done it year after year. When he stays healthy, if he has a full year, he's going to put up 25, 30 home runs, 100 RBIs, and you can just you can just go with that. So I think I, I would love to have like a low low Rizzo combination just to have you know. Can Low keep it up, and can Rizzo just keep doing what he's doing? Because he should be able to at at 33 years old. Yeah, and I love anybody that hits in a park as small as Yankee Stadium. Like, that just automatically. You don't even have to have the most power. Like, he doesn't have arguably as much power as he had back in his earlier Cubs days, but he has Yankee Stadium power. So he's still – you can pretty much chalk him in for 30 home runs. He'll have the low batting average. He's – Kind of like Schwarber a little bit, but he's he doesn't have the 40-plus home run potential mm-hmm. that Schwarber has. He's a Schwarber light, you could call him. But yeah, Ed, so you've got him at 13? Yeah. I got Christian Walker. 
I think Christian I already Walker, said my 13. I already said a few of them. Yeah, Christian Walker. Big home run guy. We talked about him yeah. on a few episodes. I think he hit 30. I'm trying to pull him up right now. I think he hit uh, 38 home runs last year. Or 36, 38. He was creeping up on 40 there for a while. Yeah. I don't think he... Yeah, 36. I don't think he ends the year with quite that many next year. He's shown he has power before. In his last uh, season... I guess full season, 152 games. We'll call that a full season. In Arizona in 2019, he hit 29. So he has 30 home run power. I think last year was the cap on that. He was a guy that we were targeting in best ball there for a bit. We missed him. I think mm-hmm. he got taken right before us. Just because, oh, man, he plays well in that best ball format. You don't got to worry about K's. You don't got to worry about all that. Just later around first baseman, probably going to hit you 30 home runs. He hit 242 last year, which is pretty good. It's like even with his Babbitt. His Babbitt was 248. But big walk guy, 10%. He has a lot of – he has a higher floor. He doesn't have the ceiling, but he has a higher floor, which I like once I get past pick number 12. Yeah, I have Christian Walker down there at 16, but could very well be up at 15 or 14. Very, that, That's just all in the same tier here pretty much. I think Walker, though, I haven't ranked lower just because he's somebody that – he's only really done it he, – I mean, he had 29 home runs in 2019, but – since then, he had 17 home runs over the 2020 and 2021 season. Last year, at 36 home runs. But for most of that time, I think in most leagues, he was probably available on the waiver wire to, to pick up. So people think of him like that. So he'll drop more than the, these other guys. So I put the other guys ahead of him. But I, I, I like Walker here. Uh, Diamondbacks should be a better lineup with Corbin Carroll uh, coming up, hopefully playing the full year. But Tom Marte can hopefully be better than he was the past few years. Jake McCarthy, they have projected to hit third. I, I guess he's a good three hitter. And then uh, Christian Walker, four. So Walker should put up the home runs again. That's what you want at our first baseman, 25, 30 home runs. And, and that's what he'll give, he'll give to you. Yeah, and then after that, I have C.J. Crone. C.J. Crone at 14. I have C.J. Crone at 14 as well. There we go. He's just he's built to hit at Coors. He, like, I, I don't like him anywhere else, but... Last year at home, he hit 302 with 14 doubles and 22 home runs. Away from Coors, he hit 214 with seven home runs in more games. So he's the ultimate start him at home, sit him on the road type of player. But I, same thing, I think he has the higher floor. I don't think his ceiling is all that high just based on the fact that he doesn't really hit away from Coors. But with his home park being there, it gives him that higher floor. He's going to be 25 to, I don't know if he'll quite get to 30 home runs. He's only done it once, but 28 and 29 the last two years. Realistically, he's probably, he's probably a 28 home run guy this year. Score 90 or knock in 95. He's not going to score many runs. He's slow as shit, so it's a little harder for him to get around the bases and score some of them runs. But his for an okay average, 257 last year, 281 the year before. He's one of those you know what you're going to get when you draft him type of guys. Yeah, I, I was surprised to see that CJ Crone has, I mean, he has been consistent. Tampa Bay hit 30 home runs, 25 in, in Minnesota, then 28, 29 the past two years. He was a guy I remember trying to hype up seven, eight years ago, his first few years with the Angels. Never quite got there, but yeah, he, now he has that floor of 25 home runs. His splits, home away splits last year are kind of crazy. He had 22 home runs at home, seven away. He had an OPS of 955 at home and 619 away. So he's a guy you definitely probably have to platoon or not rely on as your number one first baseman. But yeah, I think I think this tour of first baseman, it's getting to like it's where, okay, 
you want to have two of these guys or you want to have one of these guys as, as like your utility as a backup to one of the top guys. Cause you don't want to just rely on CJ Crone and then have to pick up off the waiver wire or even like Christian Walker or even Nathaniel Lowe. Like even after the top 10, you want to get one of these guys and another one probably that are in the 15 to 20 range, just to make sure you have, have two that either if one gets hurt or if one just shits the bed all season, or if one just goes cold, you're able to have a solid backup. I completely agree. Who do you have after that? Uh, Chris Bryant, 15. I think you said you have him either 15 or 16, right? Uh, I'm 16. 16. And then who do you have 15? I got Mountcastle at 15. Mountcastle 15. Let's uh, yeah. let's talk about let's talk about Bryant first, I guess, because Bryant is Bryant's interesting, I think, because you know everyone's expecting big things out of him going into Coors Field, and then he doesn't hit a home run there. He gets hurt. Only plays what. 42 games it's five home runs total hits 306 so he he's still hitting the ball um i guess i remembered bryant being better than he was he never he had 39 home runs one year never hit more than 31 in a year besides that besides his mvp year but he does have that versatility of first base third base outfield so that definitely adds him as a uh exciting option here at that in round 10 11 12 to pick up in the middle of the draft to fill that util spot or a bench spot that can just fill in whenever you have days off or, or cold streaks or whatever. But I, I hope he can get back at it. Cause Chris Bryant's one, one of the guys you want to root for and uh, he should be able to hit in, in Colorado. Yeah. I'm trying to find him on the, I think I'm the worst person in the world at finding people on this damn ADP chart. Like every time I look for somebody, I cannot find them. Like Chris Bryant, where are you at? You gotta no use, you're done that far. You got to control F. And type in type in the name. It's right there. Oh, well, you know, some of us. One twenty eight. One twenty eight. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, I think my biggest thing for Bryant is still the it's the unknown of him playing like a full season with that Coors advantage. I don't know. Like, I I want it to be mm-hmm. something that turns him into a forty home run power hitter there, but. I mean, he didn't hit a single home run there last year, which is the weirdest stat. Like, who doesn't hit a home run at Coors Field? Like, I might be able to hit a home run at Coors Field, and I don't think I can hit the ball very far. So I think the unknown part of it is why I have him at 16. He could be – he could go into my top 12 if he can come out and show that, like, okay, I'm healthy, I'm making solid contact, I've still got the power, it translates at home. It doesn't even have to translate that much on the road. Like, like CJ Crone, like he hit seven home runs on the road in a half a season last year and still almost hit 30. Like Chris Bryant could be the same hitter. I don't think he's a 300 hitter. I don't think that happens again. But 260 with 25 home runs seems like something Bryant could do this year if he stays healthy. And I mean, that's pretty good value for a guy that's got three position eligibility. Yeah, absolutely. Let's uh, let's just talk Mount Castle here because I'm excited to hear you talk about him. That we can, we can wrap this up. I think we're going uh, longer than I expected. Okay, I, so admittedly, I'm not fully sold on Mount Castle. That's probably why I have him down at 15, just because he has he's put up numbers. He's like he's a 250 hitter, career 260, but the last few years he's hit 255 and 250. He hit 33 home runs in 2021. He hit 22 in 2022. 
And those are in full seasons. Like he missed like very short stints on the IL. He played 144 and 145 games. He is another one of those guys. I think that's just, we know what he is. If you look at his baseball savant page, it's just all red, just average exit velocity, 88th percentile, max exit velocity, 81st percentile, XWOBA, 93rd percentile, expected batting average, 91st, expected slugging, 96th, barrel rate, 94th. Like he had a 15% barrel rate which is awesome, but he is one of those weird guys that has all of these excellent baseball savant stat cast numbers, and it doesn't translate to fantasy baseball. Last year in points leagues in ESPN, he averaged 1.9 points per game. My markers in points leagues have always been if they average two points a game, that is somebody that I'll keep an eye on on the waiver wire. If they average like 2.3 points a game, there's Somebody that if I need like a, a fill-in, I'll pick them up. If they average two and a half or more, that's a starter for me. Anything three and above is like elite, but two and a half or more is a starter. He was at 1.9 points per game in points leagues last year with all of those excellent stat cast numbers. I think them changing the dimensions of the park last year may have mm-hmm. zapped a little bit of his power, which does not bode uh, well for him at all. Absolutely. If I, if I can just jump in here, I'm looking at his uh, expected home runs by park. In 2021, he had 33 home runs. Um, that was in Oro Park. That was more than most ballparks across the uh, league. Only 36 in Cincinnati. And, uh, yeah, that was the only one where he had more home runs. Would have had more home runs in a different park than, than at Baltimore. And last year, he only had 22 home runs. But in Cincinnati, he would have had 40. In Milwaukee, yeah. he would have had 30. Colorado would have 35. Philly would have had 29. Most other stadiums would have had at least 25, if not 30. So they definitely hurt Mount Castle there by moving the the, the uh, wall back. And that saw his home run numbers drop a little bit uh, by 10 there. But, you know, I, I like that you have Mount, Mount Castle here at 15. I, I think he definitely has that 30 home run power if he can get going um, on the road and maybe tweak his swing a little bit at home or something to, to get more doubles out of that. He can... He can be a guy that does that because he only had five more doubles than he had the year before uh, last year. But yeah, I'm excited about this Orioles team. I, I think Mount Castle is one of the – he's only 26. He's going to be 26 too. So he's a player that can grow with uh, Mullins and Rutschman and Gunner there and Anthony Santander and, and those guys. And I think he, he's a he's a guy I, I wouldn't mind having as like a like a 1B to Nathaniel Lowe or a Vinny Pasquantino 1A. Uh, yeah. He, he does have the upside, and again, he gets dual position eligibility with first base and outfield. His DH eligibility, but that only really matters in like really particular leagues. But he has the dual position eligibility, so you can kind of slot him everywhere. I did have him on a couple of my rosters last year for a bit, just because I was so tantalized by those Statcast numbers. <laughs> I just I don't think I will be taking any shares of Mountcastle unless he like drops to some ridiculous ADP, but. I need to see if he can find that power again before I take a flyer on him, just because otherwise he might just be one of those guys that uh, his stat cast numbers look better than his actual production. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And, and then looking looking past the 15 here, I mean, you got you talked about Roddy Telez. He had fucking 35 home runs last year. He's not even <laughs> in the conversation for top 15. Josh Bell is going to a, a much better team in Cleveland. Should have. Good opportunity there. Ty France, Seattle shout out there. He's he's a solid oh, guy yeah. in that lineup. Uh, he's the sixth 
or seventh best first baseman in terms of this offense stat on uh, Fangraph Steamers production. So look out for him. Uh, Luis Arias, we were talking about before the show. He ha- had the batting title last year in Minnesota. Should hit again in, in Miami. Just a, there's first base is so deep, but like you want to get one of these guys that you know you can count on. Yeah, I mean even a guy like Joey Manessis is 28th on the fantasy pros rankings, and he could hit 30 home runs this coming year, all the way down to 28th. Like the, there's value to be had at the first base position. I don't think it's somebody that you need to reach for right away. Like if if you wanted to come out first round and snag Goldschmidt like right out of the gate. I feel it. If you want to I, uh, I snag I, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I don't. I, I don't feel that at all. Like the, the, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna bring this up that like now that we're talking through it and all these deeper first baseman options, like, and you mentioned how Jose Ramirez is like the highest ADP on a certain NFBC one. I forget which one, but yeah, you look at the position scarcity, and Vlad is down there ninth on Fantasy Pros consensus. Freeman twelve. Goldschmidt down there at 21, Alonzo 20, because it's so deep. And then you have third baseman, Devers, Witt, Machado, all above them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if I could take a first baseman in the first two rounds or first three rounds unless it was unless one of these guys really fell down. Right. Or, now it's, or, got, or, it's, or it's Austin Riley, who also plays third base. Yeah. <laughs> right now they got Vladdy, who's uh, the only one with a ADP in the first round. He's 11th overall. I just narrowed it down to like the last two weeks. Uh, Goldie, his ADP is 24. So second round pick. If you want to get him in a 12 team league going is uh, the highest he's gone. It's 11th. So mm-hmm. I, I would do it. I mean, I'm not going to <laughs> like I, I have my plan. I think I've talked about it a couple times on here. I'm going outfield outfield in my money drafts this year. That is my absolute plan. Outfield outfield. So I'm not going to take a first baseman, but if I was in a weird spot where like the outfielders I loved were gone and Goldie was sitting there, I might do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited to, to get into these drafts. I, I may do like a do a money league pretty soon just to get get the juices flowing, get the blood going, and and like feel like what a, what like a real draft is going to be. Hell yeah! And you know what I found out is cool about fan tracks the other day. I feel like I should have already known this, but I didn't. When you do your mock drafts, they keep those teams for the entire year so you can do your mock draft and you can see how well that team does for the entirety of the year so i thought that was pretty damn cool so if anybody's looking to do some uh some mock drafts go check out fan tracks they got some cool ones over there really easy to do they only have a couple of them a day though so you got to be picky but that also sucks because like if your actual leagues do worse then you log on there and your mock draft team would have been more like won the league. Like, <laughs> like, God damn it. I knew I should have done that fucking strategy. I still got to write my fucking fantasy pros article about whether or not you should draft a starting pitcher in the first round. And uh, yeah. spoiler alert, the answer is no, <laughs> but I've, I've got to get going on that. I'm excited. It'll be my first feature article for, It'll be my first article for Fantasy Pros, and it's also going to be a fucking feature article, which is yeah, what a way to start. So excited to get that done. And we've got some some good baseball content coming up here very soon. i got to work on the the content plan for next month. I'm going to get working on that tomorrow or today, whenever you listen to this. So we'll be knocking out a ton of really good stuff over at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. We've got an excellent crop of writers over there. God, I hate when I can't talk. Uh, they do excellent work pumping out quality content 
uh, you can catch us, like I said, sportsgamblingpodcast.com or in the Discord at sg.pn slash Discord or at the coolest at on Twitter at fake baseball. And as always, you can find me on Twitter as well at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And you can find me on Twitter at R Gilbert S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace.